0: Yes. Look at the figure. look at the turn, oh that was brilliant Look Bruce. Gee it's a good kick, it is a great kick, it's one for the ages, O'Brien some candy. Well, here we are again, Hawks fans, just days away from one of the more exciting events on the AFL calendar. Yes, indeed, it's time to take a look at the draft. And Hawthorne has a pretty good hand this year, including a crucial top 10 pick. So, which players are on the club's radar? Well, that's precisely the question at hand, as we welcome you to another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and Tiz, you love this time of year, don't you? Love it. Best time of
1: year. So much potential. So many guesses. And Hawthorne always picks someone else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just how it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like, well, certainly last year, I don't think any of us were necessarily predicting uh, Denver being our uh, top 10 pick. And and before that, obviously, Will Day was a surprise to both of us. Yeah, so... Uh... This will be a pretty short podcast. This will be like uh which
1: speedy midfielders are in the draft and and we're done
0: essentially, yes, I think that's kind of the focus here. i've got to admit, looking at draft guides and and all sorts of rundowns of the uh of the draft prospects, I did find myself doing a bit of a control f action and just typing in speed <laughs>
1: <laughs> the uh the other thing I was thinking about was um you know. Draft your next premiership captain. That's what this is. You get such a high pick, you've got to go for something like that.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to talk a bit more about that because there's at least one guy that I would identify as perhaps fitting that mould. But uh, before we get to all that, Tears, a question here. From one of our listeners, View from the Nosebleeds, who hit us up at Hawk Talk Pod over on Twitter, uh, how do we take the best talent in the draft with our pick and somehow move in front of Essendon before their first and take the kid that they want? <laughs> well, it's the Holy Grail. Really? That's uh, that's what you're asking for there. It, it's tough, isn't it? Because Essendon obviously celebrated off-season premiers for a number of years running now. They do their best work in the off-season, tiers. They're going to be hard to stop. Well, I mean, we've got pick five. They've got pick 11. Oh, do they only have pick 11? I didn't even realise. Oh, that was last year's draft where they had a, a pretty decent hand. Okay, they've fallen away a bit this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, you can't get rid of Danaher every year. (laughs) That's right. We also had another question here from Chad. Uh, I like this one. How flat will you boys be if the club drafts a defender for the third year in a row, ignoring all these sexy midfielders? (laughs) Yep, yep,
1: yep. Nah, can't happen, Nick. Uh, Unless it's a a tall fella,
0: going to be full back
1: for the next quarter of a century, uh, I, I don't want to hear about it yeah
0: I absolutely agree with that it's the only caveat I'd have it's if that pick is a long-term replacement for say a Kyle hardigan type like a real gorilla of, of a defender who's a key position prospect I'm not interested i you know maybe a couple of defenders at most in our rundown here otherwise I've overlooked them
1: it's um it's an interesting point because like there are a couple of wild cards in this draft that we could easily pick up. We've got the chance to do so. But are we in the position to do so yet? Are we just in this low-risk rebuilding phase? We get the most professional players and we just try to build the club with a foundation of professionalism and real hard work ethic. Is it a period where we can go for that talented kid that could go boom or bust? And I'm not sure we're in that market. And I don't think that's in the personality of Sammy at the moment.
0: No, certainly not. I think we're going to be uh, more sensible than we are silly. That's just where we're at at this point in time as a club. And I, I back Sammy to, to play it a bit safe and, and go for prospects that really have an established sort of CV or pedigree or however you want to call it. Um, I don't think we take chances at this particular draft. This is the one that we really need to get right and I don't think you take risks just on a hunch.
1: So what are we thinking, Nick? Everyone's saying another Finn,
0: Finn Callahan. Can we get him? And if we can't, what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? I mean, he is the standout prospect for Hawthorne. It just seems like it'd be the best fit for us for everything we need. A silky, skillful, big-bodied midfielder. He can be plugged into attack and defense. You know, he's, he's drawn comparisons like McRae, Kelly, Bontempelli. And he enjoyed a very consistent year as well over multiple positions, averaging just shy of 25 touches a game. You would expect that he'd be Hawthorne's first choice. It's just a matter of whether he's miraculously available by the time we have our shot.
1: Yeah, so he's 189 centimetres at the moment, um, which is good for for a midfielder. And that's the kind of thing we need. We've got a number of small, built-low-to-the-ground midfielders that can win contested ball, um, this guy also has elite athleticism and endurance, as well as a penetrating kick. Like, the disposal efficiency of Finn is pretty high.
0: Which would be a novelty for our midfield. Yeah, that, that's not an area that our midfield currently excels in. Yeah, they also don't give themselves a lot of time with the football. True. The other comparative
1: uh, player in this early part of the draft for me, and uh, he was uh, captain of Vic Metro, wasn't he? Josh Ward. Mm-hmm. 181 centimetres. So, big difference there. But always got to remember that these kids will be three years away from really their best output. And Josh Ward might be that professional player that we need
0: to come into the club as a young man and build. He's kind of been positioned as the guy that Hawthorne will likely take. So, you know, Finn Callahan, obviously, you talk to most Hawthorne supporters... He'd be on the wish list, top of the list. Uh, then you look at Josh Ward, and he's he's looked as the guy that we're likely to take. Uh, touted as a high quality sort of accumulator, expert disposal efficiency. So when you think of that, this is a guy that can find the footy and then actually use it well. So he picks the right option, he executes well. I mean, he's he's the kind of package you want as a midfielder. In other words, and consistency. He has great consistency. Uh, leads by example. These two guys, I don't think it can go wrong. It certainly seems that way. I would be pretty content. While, while not my first choice, Callahan would be. I've got to own up to that. Uh, I'd be pretty happy with Ward. I think he'd be a wonderful acquisition. Uh, the endurance, the consistency uh, in his output, the durability, they're the three traits you hear time and time again with Ward. And it's worth noting as well that he would certainly like to end up in brown and gold. Uh, he has the lineage there. His great-grandfather, Alex Lee, Played 31 games for the Hawks back in the the Halcyon days, tis The 1930s.
1: What a winning record he must have had.
0: Well, exactly <laughs> right. Uh, but, but given all this, in everything I've read, it certainly appears that Ward hopes to find himself uh, in Hawthorne colours in this draft. So, I mean, yeah, you could do worse. A guy that dreams of playing for for the club? Uh, that his family was a part of he, he would be psyched to be there. Yeah
1: well I think if Hawthorne want him they take him. that's um, that's basically what it comes down to.
0: So you've got the aerobic capacity, the accumulation is strong as we said, the consistency, the endurance, the durability that triple threat is really strong as well. Uh, yeah as I said, very comfortable taking Josh Ward. That seems to be who we're in the box seat for but the next guy we, we talked off mic about you know maybe shunning the idea of inside mids. You know, we we want to turn our focus away from that. But it is really hard to ignore Ben Hobbs. All right, what you're looking at here is
1: a tough inside midfielder, right? So if you're looking at the list and you're seeing a couple of our inside mids are going to fall off in the next three years, this is a guy you'd bring in. And he's not really great with his disposal, but my goodness, can he get the ball? And he is clean. So, again it's a hard decision. He's very defensive as well, which is something we we don't see from our inside mids all that much. We're not notable for that. You know, it's much of a muchness with these three. Callahan has performed really well. Um Josh Ward has performed exceptionally well. So has Ben Hobbs. I get the feeling though that we've got such a big West Australian contingent in our coaching panel now that we're definitely going to be taking some West Australian boys and at the moment, I feel like Hobbs is probably not a guy they're
0: going to take. Um, he just doesn't fit into the lineup immediately. Well, it's not to say that he couldn't. He's, he's a ready made sort of tough nut. He gets in and gets his hands dirty. He does the hard stuff. But I think he might be right. In terms of the complexion of Hawthorne's list, um, you know, you're really rolling the dice on how the future's going to look. Like Hobbs probably has a spot on the team in a few years very well established there's going to be a need for someone like Hobbs I don't know about right now though which makes it makes me wonder if he's the pick that we go for he, he might not even be available by the time that we have our shot at him um, averaged just shy of 30 disposals a game just shy of six clearances a game good tackling ratio as well and that's only across four games so how much do you read into it but uh, one thing I did like, as opposed to Ward and uh, Callahan, the thing that's touted about Hobbs is he's got leadership material about him. So, you know, there's a lot that's attractive about this guy. I just, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure he wouldn't be my first leadership material at such a young
1: age. Is such a, a sort of like you just put that tag on it if you're the marketing manager for this player, <laughs> you know? You just how are you going to prove that he's not? Um, but leading by example, all these three guys have it. Now we're going to get into the real
0: stuff, because this is a West <laughs> Australian. Matthew Johnson. Well, this is a guy, yeah, Matthew Johnson, uh, maybe seen as a bit of a smoky. I certainly seem to recall that Cal Toomey um, described him as much, a smoky for Hawthorne, an athletic, modern-day kind of on-baller. He's got that composure and clean disposal to match. He is an outside chance. I don't think he's been predicted anywhere I've seen as a top-ten talent. Uh, the thing that, that that works in Matthew Johnson's favour, like while he doesn't have the same sort of strength in the accumulation of the footies, Hobbs and Ward, he's 192 centimetres, but doesn't necessarily play like it. He's got great agility for his size and he's tested really well lately too. Uh, think McRae, think McLuggage. Uh, and probably the most appealing thing that I read was this news item lately. He was best to field on the uh, grand final day curtain raiser out at Optus Stadium, which, uh, you know, in terms of if you want to read into recent form, that's uh, some pretty bloody good form.
1: Yeah, performs under pressure, and most probably an, an uninterrupted lead into the draft. So, yeah, I really like his size. Um, he's good across a number of areas because what you've got to do is work out what they're better at than all the other players in the league and what they can do for your side. This is Sammy's challenge, and I reckon... That across the board he could definitely um, show up his opponent with different skill sets. It's exciting. Uh, look, I don't know if they'll take him. I think looking at him at pick five or what eventually becomes pick seven, I don't think that's going to happen.
0: But he'd certainly be on the he'd certainly be on the list for the club. He's certainly on the radar for the Hawks. I think the way he finds himself to wearing brown and gold is if on the night there's a bit of a shuffling of picks. And don't rule it out. Could absolutely happen. Um, but I just, yeah, I'm the same as you. I don't see him, see him being taken at, you know, inside the top 10 at this stage. Uh, now, I, w- I want you to cast your mind back to last year's draft, tier. So It's such a long way, way away now. It's a, we're a year separated from it. Um, Archie Perkins. Obviously ended up at the filth. You, you remember, I was fairly excited about him, right? Yeah, I remember. You loved his haircut. That was <laughs> um, that was the main feature of
1: Archie, and uh, he hasn't he hasn't dropped the hair yet. Nick um, doesn't look so stylish in that awful red sash, but. Um, You know, I can still see you've got a soft spot for him.
0: Well, I've got to say, I I did not keep my finger on the pulse with all things Archie Perkins. I feel like the moment he landed at Essendon, I was done. I was out of my... (laughs) I'm not paying attention to your career, mate. I don't want to know about it. However, I bring him up because my guy in this year's draft, the guy I've really hitched my wagon to, is Josh Rashelli. I want to see Josh Rashelli on my telly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's not not happening, Nick. (laughs) It's an exciting... He's an excitement machine, right? He's not in our window, I don't think. We are looking for powerhouses of midfield and building the foundation of the team, not not a flashy little finisher with X-Factor.
0: No, I know, I know. But but this is, you know, the epitome of a sexy draft pick. I mean, this this is a guy that can really ignite and energise a side. He's got fan favourite written all over him, Tiz. You can see why I'm interested. I, I know that he's not what we should be picking right now with our very first pick.
1: Why don't you just go and get Rankine from... Wait till they delist him with the hope of (laughs) picking him
0: up again. I was going to say, God knows with their list management skills, everyone will be available soon enough.
1: Brilliant. That's as good as the Joel Smith thing, how we picked up
0: Joel Smith in the
1: late 90s. But, yeah, I'd love to see him in Hawthorne colours. I really would. Um, I don't think they'll do it. But if they go for best talent available, Nick...
0: You might be in luck. Well, the, the talent there is obvious. I mean, he just seems like he'd be super annoying to watch if you're in the opposition camp. He'd just be a thorn in your side because he's got great goal sense. He's got the finesse to hit the scoreboard as well, but well, plays on either side of his body. Uh, the explosive athleticism is there too. And as you say, X-factor. And the stats tell a good story. He's got 11 goals from four matches with the Bush Rangers uh, average just shy of the 20 who? touches. The who? Hang on. Hang on. Who was that? The Bush Rangers
1: the Bush Rangers. You mean that club we usually take at least one player from every year? Hello. Oh, Nick, now you've changed my tune. Hello. That's it. He's coming to Hawthorne. Get excited, people. The marketing department's already on designs.
0: <laughs> He's a forward midfielder. Uh, look, heading into this draft, I'm more about, I want a pure midfielder. I want a guy whose expertise is solely in that part of the ground. But I just, the more I read about Josh Rashelli, the more I'm taken by him. So who knows? Who knows? I, I, I tend to agree with you, Tiz. He's a very outside chance, but I'm kind of excited by him. All right. So he's one wildcard. Wildcard number
1: two, MacAndrew. MacAndrew is he Scottish? <laughs> All right. Mac Andrew, <laughs> Egyptian-born South Sudanese talent, and he's huge, 200 centimetres. Only 70 kilos, enormous vertical leap, athleticism, competitiveness, huge ceiling on the kid. Are we the club to get him to his potential? And where on earth is he going to be drafted? Because there's huge potential, but there's also
0: like his ability to fulfill it is questioned. It's a roll of the dice. And in terms of where he's drafted, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. He's been linked to... GWS who sit with pick two it's an interesting one he's got an insane vertical leap this guy like go go gadget springs leap (laughs) like that's exciting in itself and he does he gets it done at ground level as well and which is what you want with a Ruckman you want a guy that does both and look he's he's raw which also complicates matters he's still a very green player and he's got a very lightly built frame as well but you know if you want He's one of the more talented guys in the draft crop. Like, as a key position prospect, he's probably the leader of the pack. So, you know, if you want a project player that's going to be your ruck over, say, a decade, maybe like a, a Brody Grundy type, you know, deal, where he just stays at your club and develops and develops and develops into, like, a masterful ruckman, Mac Andrew is tipped as the guy for that. And also, he's an NGA prospect of
1: Melbourne, and they can't match the bid, which is... Oh so sad. And I would <laughs> I would really enjoy nicking one out from under the D's. Um obviously they don't rate him. Obviously their ruck is settled for a little while. Um as ours seems to be forming. But we do need another ruckman on the list and we'll come back to that later. I've got a few very late chances for ruck duties.
0: Well well this is it. I, I thought I did hope you might bring that up because you know, for it feels like for a while we've been you know, stocked with rucks, and now we're kind of rejuvenating that division. I do wonder if... uh, It seems as though... I've read that um, Hawthorne's had their eye on Mac Andrew. They're they're interested somewhat. So, who knows? Who knows? Well, that's just due diligence. Exactly right. Yep. And for where our
1: list is at, why not? And apparently we've been just hammering down the doors of some of these players to get interviews and more interviews and working out their psyche and... I don't know, Nick, it, it just sounds to me like they can't get enough data on these guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I saw Hawthorne come in for a little bit of criticism about, oh, they're not just doing three interviews, they're doing four interviews. But I read that and I'm like, well, good. Like, You should know what you're in for. You should know the product that you're buying. The product that you're buying. <laughs> that you're buying. Well, that's, that's what it is. it is. These are
1: immature men. They're going to change. And part of it is... Trying to work out the internal core and, and what are the feedback loops of these fellas and, and whether you can engage those and, and get the most out of them. It's terribly difficult. Terribly difficult. Anyway, this is the bloke we've been talking about for a while. Tyler Sonsi appeared for Box Hill. And um he looked alright. He was falling over himself to impress. Did a few nice things. Are we going to are we going to go for him?
0: Well, we got a question from Dino here at Hawk Talk Pod. Health issues aside, is Sonzi worth a top seven pick? Uh, no, no, I, I wouldn't say that he is. Um, if anything, it's so hard to know just where he's going to land, though, because he's a genuine wild card. Like uh, he has been described as a guy that is polarizing club recruiters, and no one's quite sure necessarily with any with any great certainty what he's capable of producing consistently. That is the key because he's turned in some dominant midfield performances. He's got some good stoppage work as part of his game. Scoreboard impact is there as well. So he's a little bit flashy, but putting it together consistently has raised a lot of question marks.
1: Mate, two goals, 26 touches for Box Hill. Don't you reckon you could take him in the 20s? I think he's worth something in the 20s. In any case, Sammy's had a good hard look at him, and I don't think anyone's going to bid before we do.
0: No, no, I'm I'm not sure of that either. Um, all I know is that whatever way we go on this, whether we choose him or not, we will, will have done the words we used before our due diligence. So whatever call we make, I think we can understand as Hawthorne supporters that it's been um, you know, well processed. It has the it's armed with a lot of knowledge behind it. So we'll see what happens with Tyler, but I'm not sure we'll take the chance. Could be a double bluff. <laughs> Could be. I
1: remember in match reports, um you know, Sam was lukewarm on him. And, uh, you know, you're not going to talk up someone you're going to pick, are you? <laughs> Always the 4D chest, Tiz.
0: Mate, Sammy's way too well-read to be uh, to be read. <laughs> that's just how it is. Now, speaking of well-read, uh, a name that's synonymous with well-read, uh, Tom Brown. <laughs> oh, jeez. <Wow. laughs> Sorry, I should point out that that surname is uh, minus an E. So it's uh just the B-R-O-W-N, and that's it, folks. It's not the Tom Brown you thought it was. So uh this is another Murray's
1: Bush Rangers recruit, uh, which is obviously why Kel Toomey has suggested that he might go to Hawthorne. Is that right? Because <laughs> I can't I can't for the life of me see why we'd need a medium defender.
0: Yeah, th- this is the oddity. The first one in on our list where I was kind of like, okay, I've heard that he's on our radar, but I can't for the life of me work out why as a medium defender. But apparently, he's a chance of ending up in the brown and gold. He's the son of former cat Paul Brown. Uh, and apparently, we have a good chance to, to swoop on him because he, he, I don't think uh, Paul Brown played enough games for, for a father-son thing.
1: So, he's a, he's a lockdown defender, basically. Blankets his opponent. Where's he projected to go, this,
0: this fellow? I, I seem to remember it was between 25 and 40. So, you know, he might be within range. Uh, you know, if you don't want to use him as a defender, he's good for his run and carry and, and really launching into attack. So maybe you could put him on the wing or something at a pinch. But, yeah, it's the run and carry game that is probably the most appealing side of his uh, performances to me. And his ability. So rebounding and an ability to read the play. Yeah, so. that, that's how I'd use him. It, there is that question, though, of like, well, we, we do have quite a few players now that that's in their wheelhouse. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. We kind of need something a bit more immediate. He's, it, it, you know, if he's going to fit into this team like on a regular basis, it feels like it's not going to be that way for years. So, <laughs> I think we need a bit more immediate impact on
1: our list than that. So, another bloke you've got on the list here, and then we'll get to my list later, is uh, Blake House. He's a medium forward slash wing with great vertical leap. Very inconsistent, but played for Sandy and Vic Metro, got a, Got big upside, ceilings quite high, expected to be drafted between 25 and 40, 190 centimetres. It's quite a good size for a wing
0: slash half forward. Yeah, he's celebrated for his good athleticism. He, he's been seen as a bit of like an eye-catching player, which is always nice to see. His aerial ability, his quality contested mark among his strengths there, Um he probably could stand to get a bit more in and under. His contested footy game's not very strong, and as you say, his consistency is not necessarily there yet. But uh, you know, he was just beginning to hit his straps and then the season was cancelled for him, so this might be the epitome of of like a roll of the dice pick, which we mentioned at the top of the show. Is this the time to be doing that? I'm not sure. Apparently Hawthorne's interested. But uh yeah, an athletic tall wingman, if you like the sound of that. And
1: now we just hit W we just hit control F and look for all Western Australian players. <laughs> and what have we got here, Nick? No, come on. Do you reckon that's a do you reckon that's a decent thought? We're gonna have a lot of West Australians come out. We've already picked one last year.
0: No, I don't <laughs> I don't know where you pulled that from. It feels like a bit of a Hail Mary prediction. Uh I don't see there being any link there. But you know, I mean, there's a trend, certainly. The coaching staff got Hickmott, got uh, got Hale back over. So, I don't know. You might be onto something. Western Australia
1: hasn't had an interrupted season and neither has South Australia. You're getting a very good look at these boys. That's true. And that's why I think there'll be a bent that way, certainly in the earlier stages of the draft. But um, I wanted to bring to the table a bloke called Campbell Chesser. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sandringham player, midfielder defender. Uh, Meniscus injury. So if he if he drops out of his, his, you know, it was potential top ten or early teens. He might drop away with that injury, and I and I'd like to see him come to the Hawks. He's got speed, uh, very good, very good kicking, outside run. Um, I'd be very happy. uh, You know, he's sort of a halfback flanker as well, but. It's just the speed, Nick, that I think we really need.
0: Yeah, would you say that we have a need for speed, Tiz? Yeah, we do, definitely. (laughs) I must admit, when I was looking at uh, Chesser, I did think, I, I reckon Tiz is going to have this guy on his list. What, why was that? I don't know, just something about, you know, the strength that he brings to the table. He seems like a kind of player that you'd enjoy. At, at the risk of being phonetically boring, I love Caramella Koalas,
1: but I also love CCs. So um,
0: <laughs> There's a trend.
1: <laughs> there, there is a trend, yeah. So Campbell Chesser could be great for Hawthorne.
0: <laughs> Unlike
1: Caramella Koalas and CCs. which are Which are not on the... Uh, Dietary list at the Hawks Um, The other bloke That I thought was very good In and around And and Hawthorne may touch him With one of their first selections Projected to go after pick five Um, Neil Erasmus Western Australian His kicking and explosive speed Are not great But he performed in a grand final For the WAFL Colts That kind of performance That that gets you noticed. And on a day like that, I think that, that bodes well for him. I really do. Um, endurance, overhead marking, scoreboard impact, 190 centimetres, 82 kilos, and a midfielder. Four goals from midfield in that grand final.
0: Geez, that's bloody good.
1: Yeah, like, I'd be very pleased to
0: see him at Hawthorne. He sounds professional as well, so... Erasmus has long been in calculations for a, you know, a fairly high high up the order pick. It's just uh, whether we take the chance on him. It does seem like, in all the projections and the mock drafts I've read, it seems like he'd be available if we want to take him. So, you know, it could be a bit of a a tug of war between uh, Ward and Erasmus for Hawthorne. Whoever gets their heart in the end. Well, look, there's
1: one thing we know about Sammy. He is hell-bent on getting a decent small forward. He absolutely needs one. He didn't get one in the trade period. He might have to draft one. So we have already looked at Josh Rochelli, Who else have we got that we could take as a small forward? And there's a bloke called Jamal Stretch, who's just pure talent. He'll be available very late. Look, we have so many spots on this list. We've got pick five, which we know about. Then we drift out to pick 21 and 24. Now those pick 21 and 24, they could be very, 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 very important. As long as you don't bugger up pick five, you can really nail the draft on pick 21 and 24. Then it's 59, 65, 81. So if we're looking at the 59 and the 65, we could be looking at a bloke like stretch there
0: it's it's funny because i remember the guy's name not just because you know stretch does stand out but he's a guy that took my eye as well in terms of his attributes so we've ended up on the same page independently of one another then which is a good sign i think
1: well he's out of the halls creek region
0: um he's placed for claremont
1: he's got x-factor smarts clean hands vertical leap basically he's got huge potential if we can find a way to get the best out of him He'll be excellent uh, as a as a teammate. He provides pressure, and
0: he's speedy, fast. Well, let me bring you back to the second round here. There's a name that I'd say only in the last few days have I seen crop up a bit. It's Judson Clark, which is an interesting name in itself. Never mind Stretch, Judson. haven't heard that one before. Oh, I've never heard that. He's a, he's a small forward. He's a clever, crafty... A slick finisher, he can switch to the midfield as well, and really celebrated for his elite athleticism too. Uh, Scouts, they, they all like the same sort of thing. Speed, agility, the run and carry. He's been described as one of the quickest players in the draft pool, and apparently he's on Hawthorne's radar. And, you know, little wonder why he's caught the eye of the recruiters when you talk about all that stuff. I would welcome another guy that could take the game on. Um... I think we've got a few of them already, but, you know, we could deploy him on the wing maybe. you could even de- like rebound from half back, maybe a smaller Sam Frost. I mean, he is certainly a lot smaller, 180 centimetres and 70 kilos. He's got to put that bulk on, I think. But I've read that Hawthorne are into him. So
1: he's out of the Nong Stingrays, played for Vic Country, small forward slash midfielder, very clean, good run and carry, nice goal sense, little bit showy, lacks tackling pressure. Which I'm sure Sammy would be keen to address, and his his contested game uh, lacks. So, I mean, they've all got down points, but do you think his his ceiling is high enough for Sammy to go right? I think we can get the most out of this boy.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, th- this is the kind of thing that they'd interview about. They get a sense of like the guy's professionalism and work ethic and all that stuff. So they've got to get an idea of like what they can mold these these young guys into. Um, as a second rounder. Yeah, I mean, it's worth a shot. He's definitely within Hawthorne's frame, so I'd be happy with that. Now, have you got a couple of uh,
1: Hail Marys? Guys at the back of the queue sometimes have been starved of exposure to the league. Um, I've got a bloke called Paulson uh, out of Peel Thunder WA. Um, you know, he's not very consistent, but he's 194 centimetres, 92 kilos, and wants to be a rock slash key forward. Now, at 194 centimetres, he's 14 centimetres off Ned Reeves. <laughs> Who tis is the tallest player to ever play for Hawthorne. But you know, his his form wasn't bad. He's uh and he also backs himself
0: to actually pick a target and, and go for it. Here's what I like about his attributes. Uh, You know, the fact is he is a key forward and ruck, 194 centimetres. His key strengths, though, mobility and versatility. Yes, please. For a guy that size to have those two key strengths, uh, I'm big on that. He sounds like a bit of a, just a pure sportsman, doesn't
1: he? Um, and, And these guys, don't forget these big blokes like Mac Andrew and a couple of the other blokes. They take a little bit longer to lose that uncoordination of getting so big so quickly. So, for for that to be present on his on his report this early in his in his career is is very
0: very um, enticing. Appeal, thunder, utility. You really did control left Western Australia, didn't you? (laughs) Oh, I did. Like every page you went on, you were looking at WA.
1: Well, I just (laughs) think they're um, they're the ones that are going to be like I I did look at the South Australians too. So. there's some, there's some interesting guys out of South Australia. There's uh, another medium defender, Wingman, which I know everyone's like, oh, we've got plenty of them already, but Cooper Beacon, um, he's projected to go very late in the draft. Then I thought, you know, is Sammy just going to go for uh, for the old left-footed Hawthorne midfielder, <laughs> um, which seemed to work for a long period there. And I found one who's very, he's really quite good in South Australia, although he'll probably go very late, and that's Hugh Jackson. Um, Will Sammy just delve into the old bag of tricks, all F-footers, all the time? I mean,
0: if we can nickname him the Wolverine, I'm in. <laughs> Come on, it's so close to Hugh Jackman. Are you kidding me? Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> it, it,
1: it's a hard thing to do, because you've got to think about the list where it is now, and its needs where they are now and realise that some of them have been accounted for already in who's sitting at Box Hill and who's not playing at the moment. And then even if they don't make it, you have to have a backup. So I really like the idea of getting some speed in. But, you know, if they take a if they take a really exciting player, that gets the fans back quicker.
0: It does. It does, yeah. Um, I think the most glaring need, I've thought this for a long time, uh, you know, listeners would be familiar with this, it's the midfield for mine. That's the place you have to address. You, you take the defense to the bank, that's all settled, that's fine. Clarko put in the hard yards there. He's built us a rock-solid defense. Then, you know, the midfield is the glaring area. Even the forward line needs some work. But, yeah, I, I'm. that was absolutely my focus in researching these guys, is trying to shore up the midfield depth. Because when you look at, you know... I know that now we have options in terms of who we can plug into the midfield, but in terms of the long-term depth of just who's running around the the center part of the ground, um, I'm worried that we just have no dependable understudies. We have no one coming through that can take over, you know, Mitchell, O'Meara, uh, even... uh, uh, Shields, probably a different case, but uh, yeah, that's the part of the ground that worries me most, and that's where I've researched accordingly.
1: Campbell, Chesser... Hawthorne, Premiership Captain, 2028.
0: Oh, you had it here first, folks. He's called it. (laughs) There is one guy that we've neglected to mention, and I feel he does rate a mention. Nick Dacos. I'm so sick. I'm sick of him and Horn Francis. I just... I I feel like every week there's another article about those guys. And Darcy. We can't touch Darcy either. Those are the three we can't touch. But
1: go on, who are you going to talk about?
0: Uh, A guy that's a product of Hawthorne's Next Generation Academy. And forgive me for... blatantly murdering the pronunciation of this name, uh, Paul Hasbrook. Is that is that how you pronounce it? Uh, yeah, I, I would say Paul
1: Hasbrook, or Hasbrook, 174 centimetres, 64 kilos, Eastern Rangers player. Have you had sight of him, Nick?
0: I've not, no. No, this came to the table for us uh, only very recently. Um, I didn't even expect that we'd have an NGA player that would nominate uh, to pick up, and but we do. Uh, We've got young Paul here. Uh, In terms of comparisons, close to home, he's very much in the mould of say, your Seamus Mitchell. I know we haven't seen much of, but if you remember back to his highlights reel, you get a you get a sense of what I'm what I'm going on about here. Uh, Jack Saunders as well. So really, a zippy, crafty forward midfield hybrid player. Got a good footy IQ as well. But you know, in lieu of like a any like exposure and and uh you know there's a there's a lot of big footy chatter is what i'm trying to say there's very few like formal write-ups and summaries of what this guy brings to the table however what we do know is that his athleticism is probably the most appealing thing about him because he's a junior decathlon champion right which is pretty impressive, and he can blitz 100 metres in just 11.17 seconds.
1: We're back to recruiting athletes, are we, Nick?
0: <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I- I've heard a whisper that that we are going to take him. So, diamond in the rough potential, maybe? I don't know. Well, I mean, we just don't know, but uh, junior
1: decathlon champion and that speed over 100 metres, 11.17 seconds. you got to have a look at the kid, and if it's NGA, you're not really... You're not really giving up too much.
0: No, it's very unlikely there's going to be a bid, I would say. Um, you look at his frame, though, as you might expect, he is waif thin. Like, he's not ready for the rigours of, you know, footy, like at that level. Like even VFL, you feel like it might be a challenge. He's got to bulk up. So, again, a project player. Hawthorne would know that.
1: Oh, oh, hang on. Will Day's just ringing me. Oh. Uh.
0: <laughs> yeah, but Will Day has has the benefit of that mercurial ability to just sort of bend time and space around him. Like it's different.
1: It sounds like Paul will have his own time and space if he's that bloody quick. It's, uh... <laughs>
0: That's true. Yeah, it, it, no one will touch him. They'll be chasing tail for the whole day. I think the the opponents.
1: So is is that the is that the outlook, Nick? Is this how we rejuvenate our list? Sammy is, um, well. I mean, he's he, he's so heavily involved in the decision making. Apparently, he's conducting most of the interviews and and really getting on the front foot with the players. He wants to. He, he seems to be um, very focused on relationships. We've heard you put up an article on Twitter with uh, Fergus Green. He's another player that might get a look. We hope. Yes, uh, absolutely. So. We might be looking at a couple of players who are already exposed to Box Hill and, and know the Hawthorne method coming into the club at the start of next season.
0: Yeah, don't mind the look of uh, Aducci either. There's a couple of other names I want to I want to drop here that I didn't do extensive research on, but just by the look at them.
1: Oh, this is this is the bit where you go. I mentioned them. Don't forget in
0: future. (laughs) I've been rumbled. (laughs) You found me out immediately. (laughs) Just so I can say later, like, oh yeah, no, that that was me. I I liked the look of them. Uh, Connor McDonald, Kai Lohman, Isaac Burt, Cooper Murley, Hugh Stag, and Carl Warner. Oh,
1: now Stag,
0: Stag and Warner, I did have on my list here. Oh, there you go
1: perhaps uh perhaps we'll do a quick rundown of stag and Warner okay sure Hugh stag is out of south australia uh he's an inside midfielder forward um, looking at a very late pick um you know he, he's just part of the engine room he's strong powerful reliable he's the sort of player that you know we've had in shields
0: he's just there every week yeah well that that's what he's rated strongest on The contested game is elite And the consistency is right there as well So uh, the, the strength The power, I, I'd say yeah That's a that's a good comparison And as you say, he goes late So what are our picks again? we we got one in the 50s And then uh, very late in the 80s Something like that Alright, so everyone get your pens out We've got
1: 5 21 24
0: 59 65 and 81. Okay, so it's your 59 or 65, or I look at a guy like Hugh Stag. I'm like, yeah, maybe, outside shot. And what did you like about Warner? Now, that's with an O.
1: W-O-R-N-E-R. From the Oakley Chargers, he's a wingman. He's not fast, Nick. He's not fast.
0: What are you doing? He's not necessarily fast, but he does have the endurance he, he does play a good wing position outside run uh i, I thought he was a chance to to add a bit of depth in that part of the ground though he's not he's not quick which is obviously a priority of mine as we've established i thought he could add some depth to to our wing division
1: he's uh, excellent at maintaining possession and uh quite good at contested disposal for a wingman um that's not very common anyway that's a hell of a lot of names nick that were mentioned on
0: the podcast. <laughs> it is. And I think, uh, you know, in terms of setting the context for listeners, the guys that we mentioned, you know, at the top of our list, uh, they're, they're the guys that we expect to be in consideration for our first pick. Uh, and I think as we ran down the order, we went through the players. We're sort of getting to towards second round and then getting to the later pick. So that's kind of how we, we structured things. Now, Nick, do you think it's highly
1: likely that Hawthorne have a player on their radar...
0: And they've just told them to play dead for the recruiters. <laughs> A little like Cyril did. Oh, uh, look, I I never know what goes on with these things. I do know, I unfortunately there's only so much we can actually say on the podcast of being been held to confidentiality. But Hawthorne, as you'd expect, so this will be no revelation. They are up to something. Okay? So I would absolutely encourage people to tune in to draft nights. One and two, particularly one. Okay, mate. Hawthorne understand the magnitude of this draft. Uh,
1: Sammy needs to stamp himself on the team reasonably quickly, and um, if you can, I mean, we've got three in the top twenty-five. If you can get any more by bringing in the first round of the following draft into this year, fabulous. Because it's not like we have a father-son academy. We don't have anyone to protect in the next in the next uh, uh, draft, so
0: let's just go all out it's the most obvious point I could possibly make that yes the club has a strategy heading to the draft every club does but I yeah just keep an eye out for for the first night because uh yeah they, they have plans are afoot, Tiz, for Hawthorne they've got a very set plan a plan B um and it's exciting I'll tell you that much that's literally as much as I can say
1: I hope it's GWS because I think they've got pick three don't they so
0: uh pick two yeah well I... Th- has has the ship sailed on that? You know, there's no secret that Hawthorne would have loved that uh, to maneuver themselves up using GWS, but is the door closed on that? Well, certainly last podcast we said that it was. It, it appeared that way, but... You never know. I
1: don't know. I, I don't think a Hawthorne will do anything because uh, eventually they'll just settle on best talent available, I reckon. I'm not going to say anything more. All right, all right. Why can't I
0: know? <laughs> Tell me off the pod. You can know. Look at our DMs. Oh, God. <laughs> I forwarded the tip onto you.
1: Mate, there's so many.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're always chattering away. Uh, we've got some miscellaneous listener questions here. This one from Flat Track Paulie. Somehow ended up listening to your round 17 recap again. Injuries, out of form, list issues, a trilogy of despair. D's about to make mincemeat of us. And then rounds 18 to 23 were completely the opposite of expectations on field. How much does our end of season play into 2022? Uh, it's very good for confidence.
1: I think we're going to play an entirely different game style. Uh, so I'm not sure if you know it really has any impact on what we do next year but um, it certainly gives gives the players confidence.
0: I agree with that. It's good for the psyches of, of, of a young list. Good to get those wins and those performances under the belt. Uh, but as you say, there's a lot about Hawthorne that is just in flux and will be working right towards round one. There's going to be a lot of change and a lot of uh, philosophical shifts and game plan shifts and all sorts of things. So how much do we read into our form at the back end of 2021? Yeah. Um, Only so much would be my answer. Yeah, well, Tim Shearer doesn't
1: read anything (laughs) into the back end of (laughs) 2021.
0: Yeah, Tim Shearer doesn't rate our list at all. Uh, He's honest to a fault, Tiz, I think they call that.
1: I I think the problem is that he agreed with Kane. I think everyone knows we don't have a very good list and that it does need a lot of hard work. But um, yeah, basically never agree with Kane explicitly. That is that is the lesson learnt there. He
0: didn't just agree with Kane. He set up a nice little alley-oop. Kane, what do you think of Hawthorne? Well, you know what he's going to say. <laughs> he's going to trash him. And then to agree with him was even worse. Look, you can't be delusional about where the club's at, where the list is at, but you don't have to be negative either. And especially on the eve of an election where you're running, I just expected something a bit more positive and selling hope for for the future and, and his vision for hawthorne rather than just saying yeah well it's it's clearly dire like okay well i would have inspired more hope than that most people took issue with it because it's not his portfolio
1: but i was kind of pleased that someone was like nah uh richie hasn't been up to standard this is not the best <laughs> um he's been there a while now
0: let everyone else say that let everyone else... I don't need that in the public forum from anyone from Hawthorne. I don't want anyone selling out our list. I don't mind it if he's being elected. I think it's good to know where he sits on these things because
1: there are a lot of people who are deeply unhappy with some of the list management decisions.
0: Yeah, well, it's all about how you use that platform. And I don't I don't think he used that time very productively. I think it, it left a sour taste in a lot of supporters' mouths that I think easily could have been avoided by a slight reframe of where he was coming from and that easily could have been and and just straight from the top of my dome freestylers style tis, um yeah it's it's been bad but we're we're working hard we've got an idea of exactly where we're headed and it has begun and we're building towards something special that's how you you know you don't just flat out agree with Kane and leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) yeah true enough uh, it it was too bleak. This is a guy that has a lot for himself personally to sell himself on. That he, he's reportedly done magnificent work with the Kennedy Community Center. He is a great platform from which to sell himself, and I I just don't know why he went for that one. <laughs> it just seemed odd to me.
1: Yeah, I just I, I kind of enjoyed having the light shine in on on what he actually thought, and uh, I want that kind of like I I don't want it when he's not up for re-election, right? But when he's up for re-election, I want to know where he sits. Because he's on the board for the whole of the club. And if he thinks that someone else isn't performing, and he, and he speaks about that, like he has definitely red-flagged some performances within the football department with that comment. And uh, probably probably not well appreciated. But at least it signals that um, Hawthorne internally, no, they're not up to
0: it with this list intent for change intent for towards improvement is a good thing i agree don't necessarily know if it has to be played out in a public forum but, it, but that's just my view so that election got really boring really quickly didn't it because, uh... <laughs> well hawks for change effectively achieved part of what they were after they wanted a, a restoration of a de- democratic process and here it is
1: but was it ever undemocratic because it doesn't seem to me like they've made any Real change, it's just uh, invigorated the change. Like, there's no change to the structure of the club or
0: the... Oh, well, no, hang on. I I think you might be underselling a little bit because when was the last time that we as members had any say over who gets elected to the board? Whenever you wanted to
1: attend an AGM and you voted before you were not
0: That's rubbish. That hasn't been an effect for ages and you know it. You're being facetious. (laughs) Anyway, we do have an election coming up. Three candidates have finalised their nomination for two open board positions. We've got Jennifer Holdstock, Tim Shearer, who we mentioned, and Ian Silk.
1: Ian Silk must have one of the best spam filters of all time. Because he listed his email in his... Uh, <laughs> he
0: did. He did list his email as part of his, uh, his sales pitch. That was interesting. His poor PA. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Uh, I was going to say, uh, voting for members has opened as of November 19. It will close December 12th. Uh, I have not voted yet, Tears. Oh, I have. It, it might be a bit of a social faux pas, but can I ask which way... You swung on the vote. Oh, I voted for two of them. (laughs) Well, thanks very much. (laughs) Can I know which two?
1: I would say that the two I voted for have first names that have already played for Hawthorne.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I think that says it all, listeners. There you go. You can work real hard to decipher how Tiz voted in this election. Uh, I'm going to take my time. Because uh, frankly, I think if Tim Shearer taught me anything, is that uh, it can really sway your opinion inside of about a ten-minute interview. Really? Yeah. You don't think you should have a crack at the list management? Not necessarily. I, I you know, he's fine to have his opinion. I just uh, I thought it was a missed opportunity of an interview. I don't know why he chose any of the angles that he did. But anyway, I've got until December twelfth. Uh, we'll see what happens I've got all the time in the world up my sleeve And uh, I'll be researching I'll be watching and listening And taking notes of what people say And how they behave And that'll uh, inform my vote accordingly uh, Just vote and then go about your life Nick all <laughs> uh, The club means too much to me mate I've got to do this properly Anyway, the uh, the AGM is where it will all be decided, or revealed, rather. Yeah,
1: revealed. Do we actually get the percentage votes? Because I've never recalled
0: that before. Do we get the worm? <laughs> 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 uh, the AGM will be taking place on December 14. Sadly, it's only going to be virtual, which is a, a surprise, because uh, we're free to have one now, if we wanted to have one in person. Of course, people have slammed Kenneth for hiding behind a screen. <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was a bit a bit cheap that a bit of a cheap shot
1: like i mean they planned that they planned it months ago so um they gotta book the venue and all well, anyway like is there going to be any real difference no
0: no probably not Anyway, I reckon that'll do us for this week, mate. We better wrap up with the uh, the obligatory social media shout-outs and all that stuff. Uh, if you appreciate the work that we put into this draft preview episode, uh, why not spread the word and tell Hawthorne fans everywhere about how much you enjoyed it. You can do that by leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, like so many listeners have done already. We really appreciate that. You can also follow us on Twitter, at HawktalkPod. We've got something fun lined up for December that uh, I just know our followers are going to love. So you won't want to miss that. Jump on Twitter, join the community over there. You can also find us on Facebook. Our Hawthorne family there is growing every single day. Facebook.com slash Hawktalkpod. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Redbubble if you want a bit of that sweet, sweet merch. And last but not least, Patreon is the place to go. If you really want to get on board with us and support the content that we create as you're listening to this... Uh, our Silk Celebration special is in the works It'll be going up next week A bit later than expected It will be available to subscribers So all the details are there on Patreon Patreon.com slash hooktalkpod And that's Silk as in Sean Burgoyne Not the aforementioned Ian Silk No, there's not a b- book on him yet, is there Nick? So... No, not, not just yet No, Our Silk Celebration special is about Hawthorne's number 9 And uh, good read I'm enjoying it so far I like that they... Uh, I don't know whose decision it might have come down to but they did they did this the courtesy of um, splitting the book with the pictures obviously you know autobiographies often have the, the inlay of the the pictures from the person's life and they they very uh seemingly very purposefully placed those pictures to divide the Port Adelaide part of Sean's career and then the Hawthorne part I'm like okay good great I know which half of the book I'm going to enjoy more. I didn't know that Port Adelaide
1: fans read. (laughs) Anyway, it's a rollicking read, Nick. And uh, hopefully, you know, they don't boo him anymore over there because he's moved back. I didn't actually notice. Did they boo him for a time, did they? Oh, yeah. Didn't even notice leaving Port Adelaide and becoming more successful than the entire club in one person. <laughs> it would probably
0: hurt. That would be deeply insulting to Port Adelaide as well, because if there's anything <laughs> I've learned from this book, it's how deeply the, the culture it's just ingrained in winning. Like they've just got zero tolerance for anything but success. It's very militant and strange.
1: Yep. That's borne out by the TARPs. Anyway, <laughs> that's enough for, <laughs>
0: that's enough
1: for today. And I look forward to uh
0: uh, is it Tuesday night? Yes, we need to plug this. This is something, uh, you know, erroneously left off our our social media stuff. We are doing something special—a bit of a team up with uh, with our friends that have featured on the show before uh, Hawks Insiders. Uh, we're going to do a uh, a live Twitter Space. You know, we've done Hawk Talk back in the past. We're going to do one of those Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night. How about that for draft coverage? I mean. Even the, the AFL.com.au guys are only doing one more night than that. so <laughs> I, I think we're doing pretty well. We're really putting our back into the coverage this time. Uh, yeah, we'll be doing uh, live Twitter spaces. So uh, jump on Twitter.com and, and follow our respective accounts. It's at Pod, And uh, I think it's just at HawksInsiders. Can't think of it off the top of my head, but you'll find them. If you find us, you'll find them. Um, jump on the space there and uh, yeah. Catch all of our draft coverage and... And tell us why Hawthorne should recruit your cousin. That's the idea of these spaces, isn't it? <laughs> There's going to be uh, a fair bit to talk about, particularly uh, that that draft night one, that Wednesday night. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see who we will have picked and, well, if anything else happens, mate, if, if there are any pick swaps, if it has any implications for the second night. Uh, plenty to talk about. So, yeah, jump on Twitter as we team up with our friends Hawks Insiders and, uh, yeah should be a very entertaining string of evenings indeed.
1: This is a rebirth this is um, this is the best part generally of of each year the new talent coming into the club and the
0: future they can create for themselves. We're getting in on the ground floor here on the Hawk talk podcast this is the start of something very exciting and special indeed. that'll be it for this week uh join us again uh as i said during the week you've got us you've got us most of the week next week during the draft coverage uh and then of course we'll be back with an episode to recap the lot a supersized no doubt in my mind uh draft recap special plenty to talk about uh we will catch you then we are a happy team at all